Hey everyone, welcome to Share Your Sparkle. I'm your host, Dr. Darlene Berrios, and welcome to episode 16. Life sucks sometimes. Hey everyone, I feel that um, I've been talking to you a lot about mindset and about um, shifts and trying to make um, changes mentally and physically. Um for a better life and I also wanted to share that my life has not been without pain, loss, suffering, or trauma. <laughs> I think as humans we um, it's part of the experience here and um, we will lose people that we love, um, we might get sick, or know of someone who's gotten sick um and today i'm going to share about a sickness that's that happened in my life it seems like a lifetime ago um but actually wasn't that long ago in the whole scheme of things so episode 16 life sucks sometimes when i was 21 no, sorry, 22, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. So for those of you um, who aren't familiar with cancer, it, it was cancer of the lymph system. So imagine just graduating from college and thinking that you're basically invincible because you're in your 20s, nothing can happen to you. Driving cross country, living out in San Diego, and then getting a cancer diagnosis. What? (laughs) That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Um, I didn't realize it, but looking back, I guess I had a lot of symptoms. And one of them was kind of some weight loss. I mean, I was, I'm already a, I'm not a big person, but there was significant enough for people around me to notice. Um, I had been throwing up after I ate or drank and I was so tired. I'm not talking about just like normal kind of fatigue. Like it was just like an abnormal fatigue that I experienced. Um, and I think I, oh, I'm, I identify as an athlete, so I tried to be as healthy as possible. But, you know, when I had moved out to California, that kind of took a backseat while I tried to find a job and, you know, get settled. Um, And one day I went for a run and couldn't make it from like my apartment to the end of the block without feeling like I was some heavy smoker, like my chest just felt really heavy. And then something happened where my back hurt and enough to uh, so that I felt like I needed to go see a doctor. I went to the doctor, they did whatever x-rays they needed to do. And the doctor said to me, you have a big mass that's not supposed to be there. And I'm just like, I have no clue what the heck that means. I really have no clue. I ended up being in the hospital for four days. And within 24 hours, they had done a biopsy. I had called my parents that evening by the way, the weird thing is, is I don't remember how I remember this because like 
I never called my aunt in Puerto Rico and my parents happened to be in Puerto Rico at the time. And I remembered her number. How weird is that? Like I remembered her number. I actually can remember. I know what it is right now. Um, and called her and told my parents that I was in the hospital and there's a big white mass and they're trying to figure out what it is. Within 24 hours, they went from Puerto Rico to drop off my little brother in Connecticut to California and they were there the next day. Um, so in those four days, they did a biopsy, um, tested it and found out that it was Hodgkin's disease. So just a little bit of background. Um, luckily, it hadn't spread to my spleen. You know, I remember, oh, I also remember my lymph nodes. You know how like when they're, you're sick, they check your lymph nodes. That's like by your neck area, sometimes under your armpits. And those, the strange thing is I would look in the mirror every once in a while and they would look swollen. But and then it would go down the next day. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. But it didn't hurt. Like it just looked swollen. And then the next day it would go down. And like I said, I was in my 20s. So why would I think I'm sick or have cancer? I would, didn't think that at all. But um, so the lymph system is part of your immune system. So I'm getting this from the American Cancer Society, which helps fight infections and some other diseases. The lymph system also helps control the flow of fluids in your body. Um, and it's made up, made up mainly of cells called lymphocytes, a type of white blood cells. And there are two kinds, the B cells and the T cells. T cells. So um, like I said, luckily it didn't spread to my spleen, but I did, did have a white mass in my chest area. And all those other symptoms just made me feel like junk. <laughs> Fast forward, um, Oh, no, let me go back. When I left the hospital in California, now I had to just kind of figure out life and um, get out of the apartment lease, fly back. My dad drove back by himself from San Diego because I had a car out there. And then when I got here, oh, no, I'm sorry, in my apartment, kind of like packing things up and trying to figure out what the heck happened to my life in a matter of four days. Um, my, I was looking in the mirror and my jaw just started moving and I was like, what? I'm not moving my jaw. My jaw is just moving. Like I had a weird reaction to one of the drugs that they gave me and the hospital was like, you need to stop taking that like right away. <laughs> so not only was I just like mentally, like what's happening to my life, then my body's going through all these changes or, um, because of the medicine they gave me. And I actually didn't even realize I had my first round of chemo in California until I got back to Connecticut. And you're like, how could you not know that? I didn't know because for four days, I was so out of it in the hospital that I had, I, I was having a hard time processing what the heck was going on. So um, when I got back to Connecticut, I went to the an oncologist here and he was going through my information. He's like, oh, so I see you got your first round of chemo in California. And in my mind, I'm like, I did. I didn't even know that. I didn't say this out loud because I'm like, you're, that's kind of like something really important you're supposed to know. And the the chemo, the, 
the cocktail of drugs that they gave me was ABVD. They stand for four different drugs, adriamycin, bleomycin, vinblastin, and decarbazin. I don't even know if I'm saying that. Oh, DTIC. So that's the cocktail I got. And base, So if you don't know uh, or aren't familiar, um, the way I received it was through IV. Sometimes it can be given through a pill. And um, it was, it's chemo or the drugs they give you, it's kind of poison for your body. Um, um, I say that because, yes, it killed or took care of the cancer, but the side effects that you receive from some of these drugs, and luckily um, mine weren't too drastic, are like the side effects are really intense, not just when you're receiving the chemo, but even years later. So like even to this day, um, doctors are sometimes concerned about my body in different ways. And if I didn't have the cancer, like for example, one of these drugs is a cardiotoxin. So like my heart, I don't know, hopefully my heart keeps pumping for millions of years. Well, not millions, but you know, decades. Um, but there are definitely concerns e for the rest of my life because of uh, the chemo I had um, 20 something years ago. So I was given this cocktail, ABVD, and I didn't even know, like when I was at the doctor's office in California, um, they also did some, oh, because they had to check to see if it was in my bone marrow. They did some procedure, people, I don't even know what kind of drugs they gave me, but they basically took a needle the size of, I don't know, I think it was like a 10-foot needle and stuck it in my back. <laughs> I really don't know what they did, but it was something really long that they stuck in my back and gave me some serious drugs that afterwards, when my dad was sitting um, in the room, I was looking at him and I'm like, Dad, your head is shrinking. And then like after that point, he just left the room. I think I freaked him out. But it was because they gave me something because they were sticking the needle the size of like, who knows what in my back to check. And luckily it wasn't in my bone marrow. But So at the hospital, it was a mess. I had no clue what was going on. But I did have enough sense. People. And this is how to work your parents. So I was 20-something. <laughs> I did have enough sense to lay there. And um, I'm sorry, not lay, to lie there. Chickens lay eggs. People lie. To lie there and be like, Dad, can I get a dog? <laughs> yes, I asked for a dog while I was in a hospital bed, um, finding out I just had cancer. So how can any parent, how can any caregiver say no to that? You can't, you really just can't. And the response was, yes, we'll, we'll look when we, when you, uh, when we get back. <laughs> so this is not even chuckle. This is my Bailey story. This is how I got Bailey. The, the, uh, the first chocolate lab, my first, um, dog kid. And it was because I was in a hospital bed and I asked my parents for a dog and they couldn't say no. <laughs> so when we got back to Connecticut and, um, you know, try for, for about eight, uh, eight to nine months, I'm going to say no, nine months, I was out of commission. So from like February 1998 
till about October-ish, I believe, I had about eight months of chemo. So I would go into the hospital every two weeks and I would sit there for about two hours in a room with everybody who was like had white gray hair and was probably retired. I was the youngest one every single time. And I was like, wow, this sucks. I'm like, how, how does this make any sense? My body is supposed to be at its best. And here I am with people who are like 70 and 80 years old, trying to get rid of some junk that's in me that's not supposed to be there. But anyway, that was an experience. So every two weeks, I would get tested to make sure that my body could handle it. And that first time, like when I found out I even had chemo in California, my doctor Um, did some blood work and he's like, well, we can't do um, your second round yet because um, your body just hasn't um, regained enough strength for the next round. And luckily that was the only time it happened at the beginning. So, um, but each time after that, I would have, um, I would be able to take the next round. I feel like I'm boxing, right? Uh, I would, um, get knocked down and then back up again <laughs> and 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 keep fighting um so that was interesting that was eight months of that and in the time I did get the dog like my, Bailey was born when I was in the hospital in California he was born I was in the hospital late February to about the beginning of March it was a leap year and he was born on March 1st, 1998, and I got him on April 17th, 1998. I found him in a town outside of the Cape, and I remember going one week into the Cape and telling my mom, don't be surprised if I come back with a dog, because like the whole time I had been back, um, I'd been looking for one, and I found this puppy. He was psycho crazy at this farm, and I was like, yes, this is this is the medicine. So I, I was given chemo, but I'm telling you, the best medicine I got was Bailey. I'm telling you, pets are healing. And he was psycho. And it was the perfect amount of psycho that I needed because I was just my body was so tired all the time that his spunk and energy just I had to keep going. I remember one time when I first got him and puppies are up early in the morning and it's springtime. So the sun is getting up or coming up earlier. It was probably around like five, no, 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 maybe close to 6 a.m., um, maybe 5.30, I'm not sure. And he's like, I need to go outside. And I'm like, okay, let's take this little boy outside. I get to the deck and start walking down the stairs, and I thought I was going to collapse. I'm not kidding. Like my body was just beat, and I, was, I had to sit. I remember sitting on the steps and him just running to the grass. And I'm like, I really hope this dog doesn't run away. I really hope he stays like right there because I thought I was going to pass out. Like that's how bad it was. It was just like my body was healing, but it was exhausting because the medicine, while it was helping, was also like making my body feel really tired. Um, And like I said, luckily the side effects weren't super crazy like for the most part I ate um I threw up once I um oh I did lose my hair so about the time they said you might lose your hair I can I remember being in the shower and then just washing my hair and there was like a clump literally it's like it's like you're watching a movie and there was like 
a lot was coming out and I was like oh this is what they were talking about and it was like two to three weeks like whatever into the treatment they were like if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen at this time and it totally did and it was kind of freaky um but when your body's fighting something you're like who cares it's my hair like it'll grow back and I got my hair cut shorter and then it just kept falling off and I was like forget this and then my little brother wow I have my siblings like cut my hair maybe I just like free haircuts (laughs) we went to the garage he got his clippers or my dad's clippers and he just shaved my head and I was like this is it like I don't care i if my hair is going to fall out, let me just shave my head because I'm not going to deal with hair coming like clumps of hair falling out all the time. And I think that kind of freaked people out a little bit because people identify so much with their hair and like it just looks, I mean, I looked different. I was bald. And I remember that summer I wore a lot of hats and people even looking at me strange because I was bald and one time somebody walked by me and they're like oh G.I. Jane and I'm like you're such an idiot like you know the Demi Moore movie like it was out at the time and I'm like you have no people are so stupid um so I was bald for the summer and my hair has literally been short ever since actually up until this um pandemic where I kind of grew it a little bit longer than usual just because I didn't have access to my my guy Tony who cuts my hair but I just kept it short and honestly it's it's been a a nice change of pace to not have to do my hair I just it just is what it is and I'm like oh it looks fun I'm gonna leave it like that so I guess I got a cool haircut out of my cancer experience (laughs) And um, let's see here. I, oh, after chemo, I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with this story. I had about a month of radiation. So my treatments involved about eight months of chemo. And then for about four weeks, I went to the radiologist and Monday through Friday, they zapped my chest. So whatever was left, they just zapped it. And I have like two, no, maybe three dots, what they call tattoos. They look like beauty marks. So I guess I have tattoos um, from that experience on like the upper part of my chest because they had to figure out where to put the machine and line it up so that it could zap whatever was left. So that was like my job for a month, or not my job, my mom, think, I'm going to talk about my mom in later episodes, because I said I need to do a mom episode, but she went to every single one of my appointments without fail. And the radiation was every day, Monday through Friday, but it literally took longer to change than what they did, because it was like, zap, and then the machine flipped to the underside of me, and it was like, zap, that's it. Um, and from radiation, they were worried about my eating, my esophagus and things like that. But luckily, I mean, I think I experienced some pain and soreness, but for the most part, um, like I said, my side effects, I think weren't as horrible as some of the horror stories I've heard. So cancer at 22, that sucks. (laughs) But you know what got me through my dog? Yeah, Bailey, he told, I'm telling you, he was the best medicine, but I also hiked 
every day. I'm kind of doing the same thing now. Um, when my body was well enough, I made myself go for a run and pick that up again. And I was super slow. I mean, when I say I was super slow, I probably could have, I probably could have walked faster than I was jogging. And I didn't know why I didn't just walk, but I made myself jog and um, I did what I could to just kind of keep plugging away, you know? Um, so life isn't always great. And just to kind of bring this full circle, in 2010, that February of 2010, so I had been seeing an oncologist for years. Um, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, like almost 12 years because they want to make sure you're okay. So you would go first like um, in three months, then in six months, then every year. So in 2010, I went and the doctor was like, hey, let's do some blood work. And if things are good um, from these results, then we can kind of release you from, you know, coming here. And I was like, yes, you know, really? I felt like I was like graduating from cancer. And the blood work came back and everything looked good. Um, so they're like, yeah, you don't have to come back anymore. And then that fall in November, Bailey passed away. So I'm going to tea store. So the puppy that I got when I was sick stayed with me up until my last cancer appointment. I'm telling you, he was the best medicine. So, people, life sucks sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to end with this this um, this poem. And I don't know why, but I thought about it this morning. It's uh, Maya Angelou's, Angelou. Still I rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like, like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides. Just like hopes springing high, still, I'll rise. Do you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrous, wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. People, accept your sparkle. 
surrender to it, and allow it to be so. Until then, keep shining! <laughs>